0: Greetings to all my tech heads out there in the Kev Techify nation. And if you're new here, welcome. In this episode, we're going to look at traditional wide area network connectivity. We'll be discussing traditional wide area network connectivity options, common WAN terminology, and then finally, circuit switched and packet switched options. This episode is part of my series on enterprise networking security and automation. I'm Kevin here at Kev Techify. Let's get this adventure started. we look at WAN connections and and how you connect your network to a service provider to other locations your company may have there's kind of two groupings this is the traditional grouping now these traditional ones these these are legacy these should be phased out in terms of newer ones but you as an IT professional there's a good chance you're still going to run into a number of these out there What we can do here is look at breaking it down into our dedicated and switched networks. When local area networks first appeared way back in the 1980s, companies and organizations, they began to see the need to interconnect these different locations. They needed their networks to connect into the local loop of a service provider and that service provider would then provide that connection to the destination, wherever they wanted to go. Another building, another company, whatever it was, but those service providers provided that connection. Now, this was accomplished using dedicated lines, using a switch service from a service provider. The dedicated options were fairly limited. They, they were t- t- traditionally a leased line option. What these lease lines did is for a monthly fee, you would pay to your service provider. Typically, it was probably a telephone company back at that point in time. You would pay them so much per month to give you this connection that started at your company. Then they would route the connection. And a lot of times it was physically connecting copper wires through their system to the destination. And you would pay a monthly fee from that. Now, these lease lines, they were available in different capacities, the bandwidth. And and the faster or more bandwidth you had, the more expensive they were. Now, there's two systems that looked at this one. We have the T-carrier system, which was North America. And then we had the E-carrier system that was used in Europe. They're basically the same except for the actual bandwidth on themselves. For the T system, the one used in North America, we had T1s and T3 links. T1 was 1.54 megabits per second. Now, that was a true dedicated digital signal that actually pushed a fair amount of data through there and you were able to transfer data fairly reliable using that system. Nobody else would bother you on your T1 circuit because that was your dedicated lease line and it was truly a digital signal you could get the bigger brother of the t1 which was the t3 and that was up to 43 megabits but a lot of times you were paying thousands of dollars per month for these signals in europe they had their own um bandwidth associated with it one. e1 link was about two megs per second e3 was 34 megs per second And the cost was just as much at that point in time. Now, they didn't provide, they typically did not provide internet for you. You'd have to contact an internet service provider. Here you were, so you had two service providers. One service provider provided that connection between your point and wherever you wanted to connect to. And then your internet service provider would actually provide you the internet. And so they provided you that connection to the internet. These were, they were two separate options. For a lease line, they had some advantages. It was very simple. Minimal expertise to install and maintain. Why? Because you paid a service provider to do that. It was basically plug it, plug a cord in one end and you set up and you did some configuration on your system and you were good to go. Same thing on the other end. It was point to point. Higher quality, adequate bandwidth. If you had that, nobody else would be uh nobody else would be using your bandwidth in availability. Basically, wherever there was a phone line, wherever there was a telephone line, you could get a leased line. Now, the disadvantages, it was the cost. It was a lot for these these connections. Looking at the T1, T3 lines here in the United States, up to a couple thousand dollars per month just for the connection. That was for no internet service on there and you had limited flexibility. And what we mean by that is you always paid for that bandwidth, no matter how much you used it or when you used it, you were paying so much per month and you paid for it all the time. So there was not a lot of flexibility in that. You could never go faster than that. And if you didn't use it for a couple of days, whether people were on vacation or something like that, you still had to pay that high price Then we have the circuit switched options and this was once again for our traditional wan connectivity if you're liking this episode on traditional wide area network connectivity and you're getting value out of it and depending upon what platform you're using please click that like button give a five star rating subscribe to my channel leave a comment doing this supports the channel which in turn helps me bring you more great content you can also visit my website at kevtechify.com for all of my details and how to get these episodes in video and podcast form. The circuit switch options, they were typically provided by your PSTN, your public service telephone network. Once again, this is your old school telephone network that was provided to your parents, maybe your grandparents, and it relied on connecting to that local loop, getting customer premise equipment connected into the central office, using copper media, fiber really wasn't a thing back then. And you had two different ways of looking at this. First was using the PSTN dial-up WAN access. That would be the old phone modem. You think of AOL and those buzzing sounds you would hear. That's what we're looking at. You had a amazing speed of 56K per second. And that's if you bought the greatest modem of the time. And this was the top end speed originally when it first came out you were a lot of times looking at four eight megs or eight k per second that was the starting speed on these dial-up connections eventually we made it up to 56k which was an outstanding speed but look at today's standards your download from your internet cable provider typically a minimum of 100 megs per second where we're talking 56k and this dial-up WAN access was over the normal voice line. So it was an analog signal. We overlaid a digital signal on an analog signal. That's the reason we were limited there to um, 56K. Next step was to look at ISDN. ISDN used those same lines, but changed how they encoded and decoded data and took away basically that voice option. It was a loop to your central office using those same wires that the old telephone system used. But because of how we encoded and decoded the data, we could get much higher speeds. We could get speeds up to two megabits per second. And that's four times faster than that 56K modem. And so for those people that could upgrade to ISDN, they had blazing fast internet. But once again, compare that to your cable internet connection of 100 megs per second. 2 megs, you're at least 50 times faster in today's world. These, these connections, or what we're paying for these speeds back then, dial-up modems, I think were like 50 bucks a month. ISDN modems and connections, you were typically looking at a 100 to $200 per month for that ISDN line. And then you still had to get your internet service provider on top of that a lot of times. And so you're looking at a couple hundred dollars a month for that ISDN service. And eventually technology got better and we we went away from that. And for our packet switched options, once again, that's each packet could take a different path through the network. We were looking at some, some other technologies besides the PSTN and the ISDN. These segments used many pairs of nodes to communicate over the same channel. They allowed you to get through there. And two of the traditional legacy circuit switched options are Frame Relay and ATM, asynchronous transfer mode. Frame Relay is a layer two protocol and it worked on non broadcast multi access WAN. It created a private virtual circuit that was identified by these connection identifiers, these data link connection identifiers that sent across the network, it would start at your, at the starting point, at your starting point, and it would end at wherever the destination was. ATM, it handled voice, video, and data through public and private networks. And so this was a huge advance because now we could go through multiple networks and multiple types of networks. It was a cell-based architecture rather than a frame-based. And what made it so much faster was it sent 53 bits of data, no more, no less. And it would be time that at a certain point in time, 53 bits of data would start and they could optimize that. And because of being able to predict how much data was expected all the time, we could get a much higher frame, we can get a much higher throughput. Now, understand that frame relay and ATMs, they're definitely on the way out. If, if they haven't been completely re- replaced, they should be replaced because there's much better technologies out there that give you higher speeds, less cost, better reliability. And so this Metro Ethernet and internet-based solutions, those are the way, way to go instead of using these packet switch networks. It was my pleasure to provide you with this wonderful episode on traditional wide area network connectivity. If you like this episode and you got value out of it, and of course, depending upon what platform you're using, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. This all helps me bring you more great content. Please take a minute to subscribe to my channel. All my socials and contact information are on my website, kevtechify.com. And you can get all these episodes in video and podcast form. In the upper right is my playlist for my series on enterprise networking, security, and automation. In the bottom right is one of my favorite videos that I linked just for you. Thank you so much for watching this episode of my series on enterprise networking, security, and automation. Once again, I'm Kevin. This is Kev Techify. I'll see you next time for another great adventure.